From the corner of Vitro and Griffey, this is the DSAC Podcast. I am your host, Spencer Linstead, back after a week off. Uh, had to cancel due to some uh, guest issues and then also timing issues because I was stuck in Ennis, Texas, a.k.a. hell. Uh, but back this week, did a little travel. Now we're doing the podcast again. Um, have a great guest today. Uh, well, not great. I shouldn't say great. That guy sucks. Um, I have a guest today. Uh, his name is Ronald. Everyone knows about him. Uh, some of you sent in questions and I read those on air to him. Otherwise, we talked about his favorite players. Uh, baseball topic, no doubt, took probably 15 minutes. So be prepared for that. Uh, there were so many times where I wanted to just stop recording or hang up on him and call him a loser. Um, there was one point where his ego got so big, his phone line shut it off just because his, his hubris was so heavy that it hit the off button on his phone, apparently. Um, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm happy to be back this week. Uh, looking forward to a good week of football. This is by Mageddon. Uh, so many players on by this week for football, but basketball started. Lots to look forward to there. John Morant, 37 points last night. Whoop, whoop. And then hockey going strong. Uh, last week, Alex uh, completely blanked Ron, 11-0-1. And I'm actually taking a cat or two from him. So I feel great about that. Uh, doing better than Ron in hockey is something that will make me very happy the rest of this year. Uh, that guy sucks. And I hope you enjoy listening to me uh, ask him the tough questions. Um, ask him about tiki torch shortages ask him about New York Yankees prospects randomly. And also, uh, we got a little bit of announcement at the end of the show. So um, make sure you stick around for that. Uh, Should be interesting. Excited to hear what you guys think about it. But yeah, uh, so without further ado, we will get right to the interview uh, with one Ronald. And I hope you all enjoy it. Have a great day. My guest this week, uh, someone that I never thought I would ever have on this podcast. Uh, he's the commissioner of the most irrelevant league in all of fantasy sports. Uh, and instead of giving him some long intro, I'm just going to start right here. It's Ron. Welcome to the podcast. You made it. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you made yeah. the cut. I would say thank you for having me on, but this very much reeks of desperation. I'm not having a better guest, so... I guess we're here. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, desperation. That kind of sounds like me lately. Uh, so, um, yeah, happy to have you. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, in reality, enjoy your presence. Uh, appreciate you in the league. So let's kind of get into this stuff, I guess. Um, jump Actually, right. Before we go any farther, can I have you do me a favor? and uh like clip that last like 15 seconds and send it to me just so i can like play it over and over again i've said nice things about you okay i have said nice things about you on the record in public not on a podcast what was the first everything? okay whatever all right 15 seconds it is you got it i'll cut it up and send it over you can play it as your ringtone in the morning uh so, uh, first question I got for you um, comes from a reader um, from Colorado. Um, it's, uh, why is Rodrigo the worst kicker in the game of American football? And so, you can go ahead and answer that. Uh, because he had a hip injury. Uh, pre-game, started acting 
beating up on him, uh, his backswing, and through his follow-through, uh, apparently just a stabbing pain the whole way, which is why you saw a field goal attempt with Naheem Hines holding and uh, Rigoberto Sanchez kicking. That confused absolutely everybody because nobody had, uh, bothered to mention that uh, Hot Rod hurt himself in pregame. But, yeah. And then people like to complain about his his leg strength and how far he can actually kick, but I don't think that's too much of an issue so far. Okay. But, uh, so, yeah, was. I guess we'll start there then in football. Um, standard questions here. Who is your guy in football? Who are you most excited about? Your team in general, your tier one team that's definitely living up to that title. Uh, what what makes you excited about your squad? Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, gives me life in a Fair. world where nothing else in my team seems to. Uh, I was lucky enough to get him in a trade. I'm still happy about it, even though I got rid of Kelsey, which in hindsight, tight end is a spot I could improve on in theory. I think that's everybody. But well, yeah, unless you're, literally unless you're Josh. Yeah. Uh, Whams for, like, the 12 games that Kittle will be healthy for. Or, I can't even say foul anymore because one other's been a disappointment. But, yeah, yeah unless you're Josh, tight end is, is the best. Yeah, and, and Barry yeah, with Dawson Knox. Yeah, apparently. I just it, an insane uh, touchdown rate, but <laughs> that's surely one of our best. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, he's on second year of a rookie deal. He's just been absolutely killing it lately. He's got a coach that wants to run the ball, an offensive line that on paper is pretty good, but it's been quite banged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Colts haven't really had a an electric skill player like him in quite a long time. Yeah, he's surely special. And then you've locked up his backup in Hines as well, so that solidifies that position for you every week. Uh, currently, the sheet has Brandon Bolden as your RB1, and that makes me giggle um, that Chris would do something so petty like that as to to point out that your best running back is Brandon Bolden at the moment. No, I think he's just that lazy, and he doesn't <laughs> like to reorder things. He's the commissioner of the greatest league in all of fantasy sports. I told Adam Jones that. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. And also, uh, before we move on, I would like to at least give a, a uh, complimentary shout-out to Robert Woods, who has become one of my guys out of necessity because, good Lord, can I not stand to see Justin Jefferson just absolutely embarrass me beginning <laughs> out. So please let Bobby Trees just be at least relevant. Yeah, you had two pretty pretty bad trades uh, that looked bad at first, but Taylor's at least come around and Woods hasn't been in a complete... Only, only two? Co- well, I mean, those were the two <laughs> most egregious ones. I mean, and to be fair, like at the time that trade, I don't. I like to think that trade wasn't too bad because yeah. Jefferson had been pretty and, quiet the first two weeks. And Woods and isn't bad. Johnson was out snapping him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not not terrible. Um, so yeah, if that's uh, all you got for football, we'll move on from that. Uh, we'll go to the next question here. Delete this one. Um. This one is from the owner in Fargo. Uh, This is a hypothetical question that came in before results happened. But uh, would it be peak frostbite walleye if Kyle Schwarber hits a walk-off homer off of Corbin Burns to win a hypothetical World Series matchup? Um, I don't know, actually. Like, on paper, you might think it would be. 
But I don't know if the if the Fargo curse extends outside of the fantasy realm. And like a World Series matchup would obviously happen after the fantasy season, but I, I think the world probably has a twisted enough sense of humor to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's fair. Well, and then they got eliminated, so I guess. Uh... You know, the dream won't come true this year, but uh, Schwarber is still cranking homers. But that does lead us into our next thing, baseball. Um, We are at six minutes of recording right now, and I expect uh, this to go on a little long here. So um, let me have it. Let's go on baseball. Let's talk about him and the other him. I don't know if I really have anyone for baseball. Jesus. I'm kidding. This was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so go, go. The, just the first one has, just the first say one it, and I'll sit here silent for five minutes. <laughs> okay, so the first one has to be Harper. I mean, he's been my guy for. Jeez, that Sports Illustrated would have came out in the spring of two thousand and nine when he made the cover, and kind of about then was that was what really kind of put him on my radar. I just really fell for the hype. I remember kind of following as he left high school early after sophomore year, got his GED, went to JUCO because his agent Scott Boris knew that signing bonus rules were changing. And if he had gone the traditional route, he would have gotten less money. So getting out of high school early, going through a year of JUCO and uh, getting drafted first overall at age, I think, 17, yeah. set him up to make the most money. Uh, came up rookie of the year his first year and it's been pretty good ever since. MVP in 2015. Yeah, was on an MVP type season in 2017 until he tripped over space, uh, and then is the possible presumptive MVP this year. I mean, it's not a slam dunk, That's but I think he's got as good a shot as anyone. Yeah, and happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate you wishing Bryce a happy birthday. Yeah, it's definitely not towards um, you. Happy birthday, Josh, as well. I mean, Jonathan Scope too. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I do. That's why I had him in free agency. I probably wouldn't have if I didn't know that. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Whatever. All right. Uh, who who else? So, I, so I Jonathan do, Scope. I do have a I do have a, a Bryce Harper, ex, I guess, exclusive story. I don't think I've told anybody about how I acquired him. Okay. In this in this chat. So back when I was still a co-owner with Tom, uh, Tom is obviously in Vegas. Everyone knows that he's also a Bryce Harper fan. So when we were co-owners, uh, I joined in a few rounds into the draft. So Harper had already been gone by that point. And when the draft ended, I was talking with Tom like, well, I really like Harper. You like Harper. We should trade for him. And Tom said, no, like on multiple occasions. I tried multiple times over a few weeks, got nowhere with Tom. So I decided, well, if I can't convince Tom here, maybe I can ask Vib and kind of tell him what's up and try to work out a package with Vib and see if I can have Fib uh, just like cold message Tom about it and see if Tom's opinion would change if he was approached with an offer. <laughs> Manipulation. Uh, yes, exactly. And then uh, Church tried to take Ben Roethlisberger in the first round of our football draft, and he left, and I got my own team. And then uh, very quickly was able to work some of that with Fib for Harper. Yeah, I essentially tried to go over Tom's head and do some real weird uh, DM uh, negotiations to try to get Harper, but got him in the end. That's as shameless as I would have expected to be. Yep. You can't expect anything more from me. Oh, gosh. Just atrocious. I'm regretting this by the moment. All right. 
Uh, what else? Your big free agent signing for this year, uh, Jonathan Scope. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Jesus. We still haven't got the <laughs> We haven't touched on Blake Kershaw yet. But who, who, who? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw, the uh, oh. best starting pitcher of his generation. Best one of the past 20 plus years. Uh, interest in him started with fantasy. Uh, when I had first gotten in, when I was in like eighth grade or whatever it was, when he was, I think it might have been like his second year in the league or whatever when we started. And he quickly developed into an absolute stud. He was uh, the, the guy who really carried my, my pitching staff on a team that was eerily similar to the Dodgers in that they won a lot of right and titles and then choked in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, that's where that comes from. He uh, and Joey Votto and Adam Wainwright, to a lesser extent, all all guys who were studs for me back in the, uh, the early part of the 2010s and was lucky enough to inherit Votto and sign Wainwright on a cheap deal and uh, made out uh, an offer for Kershaw pretty quickly after Bryce. <sighs> so uh, here we go. Talk about your uh, big free agent signing, your, uh, your, your uh, Jonathan Scope deal. Your CJ Cron um, deal yeah, just happened to be, yeah, just kind of happened to be. Uh, I I obviously Harper being born on the same day. I was different years, and I was kind of scrolling through seeing what other athletes were born on that day, and lo and behold, Scope was, and here they go and uh, add him for cheap middle infield depth, mainly because I uh, approached Josh uh, during the the COVID roto season about him. I I can't remember Scope just heard about. But he wasn't all that interested in, in moving scope, and uh, he ended up cutting him before free agency and worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, I'd say so. Jesus. Uh, so, who else? Who who else is important enough to talk about? Uh, maybe Jay Cronenworth. Like, Fuck. so he he was he was born and went to school not too far from where I grew up, and with the whole idea of my team being named after the Blue Water area, uh, kind of a, a group of cities sitting just below uh, where Lake Huron feeds into the St. Clair River. I'm like, well, if I'm going to name my team that, and there's literally a single person in all professional baseball who can say he's from the Blue Water area, like it almost would be a shame if I didn't have him. And started off real strong in the bidding, because I think I mentioned him to you year previously before i knew where he was from yeah and kind of in talking to you about assembling your whole padres infield and then uh i found that out and i went hard in the the, the free agency bit yep you immediately crossed my max bid and uh got your guy at five years seven million <sighs> all right well um Carlos Rodon. Pretty decent free agent pickup. You yeah. know, uh, threw a no-hitter in like his second start, I think, for the walleye. That was pretty fun. I am miserable just sitting here hearing you talk about everyone else except the one thing that everyone wants to hear you gloat about. So let's just get it. Where uh, where I signed him trade and see after you all kind of gave me shit for saying, oh, I fought for the trip that Spencer Trump will get this year. Uh, then he goes out, also throws a no hitter this year. That's right, the Blue Water Walleye uh, ties in the 
being lead and no hitters thrown with two until he needed Tommy John surgery, and now he's out for all next year. And yeah. I'd rather not talk about that part. That's what I thought. I was going to say, how much did he help yeah. you in the playoffs? Uh, we can talk about a kill Badu. Uh, free claim off waivers before the season started, only because I knew of him living in Michigan. I knew that he raked in spring training and figured it was a, a dart throw that I'd probably drop a week into the season, but he did nothing. But he turns out uh, first game, first pitch he sees, home run for the nine hole. Second game, home run for the nine hole again. I think that was a grand slam. Uh, a couple games later, I think he game winning RBI single or something, but. Ended up being a, uh, a pretty good player for someone who was a Rule 5 draft pick, had yeah. never played above high A, and had been coming off Tommy John surgery where he had played pro ball since 2019. Yeah, and it felt like if you weren't paying attention, like if you didn't actually look at his stats, it felt like he hit somewhere around 60 triples this year. Yeah, uh, Comerica is a, a very big triple spark. If you get to either side of the center fielder and that gets to the wall, that's that's danger. That's that's a massive park. Yeah, you would think Detroit would be better then. Well, I mean, they they traditionally have been pretty good yeah. in my lifetime, or at least at least in my lifetime of being cognizant of baseball. I don't know if you can really call two thousand three or whatever when they lost like hundred nineteen games. Me really being aware enough to to pay attention and remember too much. Mm-hmm. You were only like three but, then. I went like seven. <laughs> the truth wasn't that far off of fiction. <laughs> yeah. All right. So is, is, it, is it that time? Do we, do we talk about uh, the $25 million man now? We've gone through like a third of my roster already. Oh, you made me already want to turn off a podcast. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about him so we can just get it the hell over with. Uh, so tell me about your athletic scholarship. Uh, tell me about following <laughs> Prospects365 on Twitter uh, and Pitching Ninja. Uh, and also, I will point out to folks that we had a brief FaceTime call to ch- uh, check the efficacy of doing a FaceTime for the podcast. Our connections didn't end up working out very well, but he did answer the phone. Yeah, it, it was. It was because I have seven things going right now because I live in a house with a wife and a toddler. Uh, but uh, he answered the phone and immediately zoomed in on his T-shirt, which is his logo T-shirt, uh, the one with Donald Trump on it. Um and uh yeah yeah that one (laughs) yeah that one and uh yeah immediately started right then and there uh and that was the moment where i knew i didn't want to do this anymore but here we are 16 something minutes later and uh, we're still on it so why don't you go ahead and yeah tell us about your uh subscription to the athletic and where you found out and started reading about seam shifted wake and uh ground ball fly ball rates and sinker slider efficacy compared to throwing a fastball on a two seam let's go so a lot of that stuff actually came afterwards. Like I had already kind of had my eyes on Burns for free agency, uh, kind of at the end of the Roto season, because I was kind of just trolling through the the players who were available and trying to make a list of guys I wanted to go after. Uh, just a lot about Burns' profile, the way he switched up his pitches after having a awful four seam fastball, switching to a lethal cutter, and throwing off a nice slider that goes with it. His uh, changeup works very well. Curveball works very well too off all that. Uh, the fact that he was involved with uh, the article that I read on um, spin mirroring, which is not pitch tunneling, as you so confidently were incorrect about, uh, talking about how I believe it's his two seamer and his cutter. You're such an ass. Hold on, hold on. First off, you're bringing up. 
you are bringing up things from nine months ago that exactly zero people remember. And it is kind of spin mirroring is the same concept as pitch tunneling. I will go, I will die on this hill. It, it is, it is two different, it is two different things, but it is distraction of the hitter making them think that one thing is coming when something else is following it. And it's using a deliberate tactic in order to do so. I will die on this hill. It is the same thing in that regard. Okay, maybe the end goal is similar, but how they go about it is, is different. Like oh. you can have a spin bearing from different arm slots. Yeah, but whatever. Mirror this spin. Yeah. Go back for it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then kind of pairing up that with uh, with pitching ninja because Burns was very excellent last year. He featured on that channel a lot with uh, how foolish he was making hitters look. So really good strikeout rates. Uh, good underlying numbers. Good. Uh, ERA supplements like your FIPS, XFIPS, because he, he was dominant with it this year, as I'll get to here in a couple minutes, my spiel. Uh, but kind of a collection of that kind of led him to being my number one target for uh, free agency. Uh, spoiler alert, Sack Please Sack was my number two target, so thank you for that. Please Sack um, Money, hashtag Please Sack Money. Yeah. And I actually nominated Please Sack, I think, on my first turn, because with him being my number two, like I was okay if I got him. But I was really trying to test the waters and see what what the the market would actually go for. And I had kind of underestimated the market. I figured guys like him would go for like between like seven to nine million maybe. And I think you got please like a ten million per and I bowed out like, ooh, this may be yeah. more than I thought. But I knew Burns was my guy. And then I we started off pretty aggressively in the bidding, I think. I don't think we started like a mid bid with him. I forgot who I think Josh nominated him because I immediately messaged Josh afterwards, find a different pitcher because you're not getting him. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and uh, I think Dylan just kind of kept bidding me up and up and up. And eventually I was just getting tired of it and I just figured, you know, screw it. I'm just going to go all in. We're going to drop $25 million, jump the bid a few million and, and show that I'm not messing around and I want my guy. Yeah. And the main reason for that was I figured my team was pretty shit. I was tearing down, selling off pieces. Like, I'm not going to be relevant for, like, two or three, maybe four years with how slow a baseball rebuild can be. Like, this $25 million won't really hurt me. I got my guy. I got to make a statement, made some of you go laugh, and we'll be all good. And then I made the playoffs in year one. And... And... All of a sudden... And... That's an incomplete sentence there, sir. That's an incomplete sentence. That, that that and needed something to follow it uh, and lost in the first round. That's that's the story there. Okay, go ahead. Uh, finish up. Sorry. No, I was just saying, you know, being far ahead of schedule, that $25 million may start to squeeze me in years four and five, but we'll, we'll see about that. I'm not too sure. I don't exactly have a ton of a ton of long money in my books, and the long money I do have in my books isn't exactly bad, so... You have ninety-one million this off-season before re-signings. Yeah, and I think I still have. I think some of that is on the IL too. Like, oh, that's true. I think I have a pretty stacked IL. That's true. I think Strasburg is is the big, big one there. Thirty-four million. So you got somewhere around sixty, like fifty-six yeah, million. Yeah, Yates might not be ready to start the year. Turnbull's out the whole year, so. Well, geez, you're going to get technical with me when I'm just doing a drag and drop on Excel to find the total cost here. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I operate. Yeah, I'm a good, I'm an accountant, but I'm not a good one. Okay. All right. I guess 
one last thing on baseball because I know people are going to mention it. Uh, my record then. Oh, we're good. We're good. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. My bad. Go for it. Oh, very good. Yeah, because I know people last oh, oh, you know, the Mets didn't like his medicals and they did sign. He's gonna get bust. Eh, whatever. Yeah. He's the guy I wanted really badly. I told Tom when we first started, like, hey, we got to get picks for 2021 because I want my Rocker. And uh, managed to finagle a few trades, get uh, picks two, three, and four, and got my guy, and I would do it all over again, even though we don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's a pretty damn good pick, too. I was pretty jealous. Uh, but, of course, I traded everything in order to uh, get to fourth place and then third place this year. Um, undefeated, never lost, but third place. Uh, so yeah, I'd say you're better off than me in that regard. And the stuff that you can re-sign this year is actually going to be pretty damn good and cheap for a while, which is also good. Uh, you are the success story of a rebuild so far in this league. His call failed. He was having so much, so much self-indulgence there that his call failed. I'm going to pause this now and get him back in just a second. And we're back. The self-indulgence rating has dropped down below a 10, so we're able to record again. So uh, we'll move on with this question from baseball. I don't know exactly where the recording ended or in terms of where you were talking, uh, but we'll do this. So who are your favorite New York Yankee prospects? Jeez. Uh, honestly, I've kind of learned as a Yankee fan to not really focus too much on prospects. So, like, the only ones I, like, have, like, any, like, actual hope for would be... I'm kind of big on Jason, just because of all the hype and the buzz around him. I'm just kind of curious to see how he pans out. Mm-hmm. And I think Volpe's had a really good uh, really good surprise, too. Like, he, I think he was, like, a late first-round pick. Nobody really kind of was too fond of him in his draft season, as I remember. And mm-hmm. I don't think Pete when people were, were all high on that pick. I thought it might have been a little bit of a reach, but he went out and he absolutely killed it in the minors this year. So he might actually actually have a little something. But outside of that, I, I'm not really all that optimistic about anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw what happened with Davey Garcia this year. It sounds like the Yankees kind of have a, a one-way track of how pitchers should pitch. And they yep. tried messing with his stuff, and he flopped miserably in AAA. Yeah. Clark Schmidt never took the step forward that they all expected. Well, uh, he had, he had like, a forearm issue that kept him out. He didn't pitch at all until, like, uh, late August, I think. You have a forearm issue. All right, we'll move on. Uh, so this one, oh, actually, we got a pair here from uh, a listener in Dallas. He says, uh, ask him why he eats his steak well done with ketchup. It's so weird. Uh, I'm more of a medium well guy with my steak. And um, I'm an A1 guy. I don't really like ketchup on steak. I'm not, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but, uh, the yeah. Yeah, medium well is the way to go. I'm I'm a medium rare guy personally, and a, a Heinz fifty seven. That's my my preference on steak sauce. There, A one's okay, but uh, I'd rather go barbecue or fifty seven uh, personally. Yeah, I, I can't I can't do barbecue sauce anymore. I had it like once or twice, and I think the last time I had it, I went to B Dubs with a buddy of mine. Uh, we watched actually partially watched 
a Red Wings versus Dallas Stars game, oddly enough, with the, the asker of this question. Uh, Detroit won, of course, because they were decent back then, <laughs> and Dallas wasn't. And uh, I spent the rest of that night uh, puking. I had food poisoning, I think, and the, the, the honey barbecue coming back up just kind of ruined it for me. And oddly enough, that particular buddy of mine was visiting from another college, and I just wasn't feeling good enough to drive him home, so he had to get a ride from somebody else that he knew who went to Ferris State, had to drive an hour, hour, uh, hour east because it was a, in any shape to drive him back. Yeah, uh, that's how I know you don't drink is because you talk about barbecue sauce like I talk about whiskey. <laughs> I yeah, had it I'm one time. <laughs> I had it one time. It was a terrible experience. I tasted it when it was coming back up, and I'll never have it again. That sounds about right. I mean, you've you've yeah. experienced it all. Then it's just barbecue sauce. Uh, uh, also, the follow up yeah. from that reader in Dallas was: How long have you been a large contributor to 4chan? Uh, never had an account. Never blurb or anything either. Uh, a anonymous, uh, and that should be a tip for you there. An anonymous uh, GM has asked the question: uh, Is John Gruden now your favorite coach? Uh, definitely, definitely fell very far down on that list. <laughs> Although John Gruden anecdote here, I do have a autograph from him. I sent him a four by six of like a chalkboard and asked him to draw up Spider Two Y Banana. Because if anyone remembers him on Monday Night Football, he used to just yep. come in his pants talking about Spider Two Y Banana, <laughs> especially because I know I know the Colts like to run it when if, uh, when Andrew Luck was still there. But, yeah. yeah, so I have a signed uh, photograph of John Gruden having drawn up Spider Two Y Banana, and <laughs> then he went off and uh, insulted everyone under the sun on an email chain where he was receiving and sharing. Uh, topless photos of Washington football team cheerleaders taken against their will because the Washington football team indulges in human trafficking and the NFL doesn't care. Uh, my favorite thing about that whole story now is we've got John Gruden out of there. We implicated Adam Schefter in a possible weird scheme for journalism. And then we found absolutely nothing else in 650,000 emails. There was nothing else. And don't ask us any more questions about it. Everybody else is good little boys. They're all saints. Their mothers think they're great. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the next question from that anonymous owner is, do you typically stock up on tiki torches this time of year since they're out of season? Well, we live in an apartment and we aren't really allowed to do anything with the common area. So uh, definitely had to have to put those on hold for now. We ah. do have big, big plans when I eventually am able to afford an apartment and, or a house roughly in about 30, 40 years considering the state of the market. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, no trips to Charlottesville in your future? Uh, no, I'm not really much of a traveler. I've very, spent very little time out of outside of Michigan, really. <laughs> uh, furthest west I've ever been is Missouri for like a weekend for my cousin to see my cousin graduate. And I've been to Florida a few times, but outside of that, not really, not really anywhere else. Oh wow, that that's actually pretty surprising because <laughs> everyone travels. Uh, yeah, I guess not though. Um, so we'll lead into the next topic with this one. This one's from opening night, NHL opening night. Um, what was it like watching, uh, I think it's Connor Hellebuck, right? The goalie? Yeah. Uh, what was it like watching Hellebuck get schooled by the Ducks, last year's worst offense in the league, and Zegras had nothing to do with it? And this is one is from the owner in Fargo. Oh, I, I honestly had no idea who that was from until you, until you uh, said who that was from. <laughs> Definitely wasn't very obvious to figure out. 
Um, I actually watched that game because I recently subbed to ESPN Plus strictly for watching the occasional hockey game if I had a rooting interest in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of passively watching. Definitely wasn't great. Uh, the the vaunted walleye goaltending has been uh, non-existent. I can only chalk it up to Semyon Varlamov being on IR right now, and I hope that he will be a calming presence in the crease when uh, he returns. Yeah, Zegers not really getting in on that was disappointing. Um, especially when you see all the like, goals they scored from their other lines, which I can't say are necessarily all that skilled. I mean, Anaheim <laughs> is, was the worst offense in the league last year for a reason. Yeah. But I'm, I'm confident Zegers will produce a little bit this year. I'm, I'm thinking if he can get to 45 points or so, maybe. But we'll see. All right, so you know where that leads us now. We're at hockey, so uh, go ahead and... Let us know, favorite players, anything interesting about your team. You have uh, free reign here because I know this one, uh, this league particularly is special to you and getting this good team is uh, is uh, fun for you because you know more about hockey than all the maybe like three or four of us. Yeah, you know, it's real special when you go to the championship and you're one and uh, lose uh, very convincingly and then you face that same person in week one and you go 0-11-1. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, anyways, uh, the hashtag, uh, the hashtag my guy from that league, uh, some of you would expect this, but I don't know if this would be your, your guys' first choice, but it's, it's Jacob Chicken. I, all right. Uh, that was my first choice. Well, I know I've talked him up a little bit, but yeah. I, I expect that a lot of people might think that I'm too much of a homer and might be picking a red wing or something. Yeah. Not that I have very many on my team. I had, I had that logical one. Logical reasons. Yeah, uh, so, by ahead. the way, hold on. 26. Just pause. Pause one second. Pause one second. Uh, Stefan Diggs uh, just got ripped down in the end zone on what would have been a touchdown pass for a PI. Now they have the ball at the one for what is almost guaranteed a Dawson Knox touchdown. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, twenty sixteen was the first draft that I really kind of got into because you could just tell that the wings were they were really holding on. They were just kind of playing out the string and trying to keep their playoff streak alive as long as they could. And there's a defenseman, a little bit chipper and spoiler alert, who was supposed to be like a top two, maybe even top three pick. But being the son of a former NHLer, he kind of had some overexposure bias where scouts knew of him and they had scouted him for so long that they began to nitpick him and almost like finding flaws that weren't really there. He had a poor CHL All-Star game and he ended up falling pretty far in the draft. And I remember sitting in my living room uh, just kind of waiting, like, is he actually going to make it to pick 16 where the Revens are? And he kept falling, and he kept falling, and he makes it to pick 16. Now I'm excited, like, okay, this is the easiest pick on the board. you got a guy with a good pedigree. He's a defenseman, something the Revens really need. And then Gary Bettman goes on stage. We have a trade to announce, and Detroit trades down to pick 20 to offload Pavel Dasu's contract because he decided to walk to Russia before his contract ended. Oof. And because he was a 35-plus contract, we had to trade it or else we would get stuck with his cap hit. And Arizona takes Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Detroit takes Dennis Cholowski, uh, noted former Kraken because even the expansion team didn't even want Dennis Cholowski. And we also picked up Phil Peronic in that trade. He was a second-round pick we got in that trade. But uh, I'd say neither one of Cholowski nor Heronik even match up to Chikrin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't really expect Chikrin to have the year he did last year. I think I thought he'd be a pretty solid defenseman. Just overall, I didn't expect him to be... I think he came 10th in Norris voting. Like He absolutely just went off offensively, scored a lot of goals, and I think he can 
he's going to regress a little bit. That that security percentage is going to come down. It's not going to stay in above ten percent. But yeah, I think he can he can produce some points because Arizona gutted their team. It's essentially Jacob Chikrin, Shane Goss bear. And I think if you're the first four people in line to get tickets, I think you're uh, su- suiting up on the blue line that night out there in Arizona. But we'll see if if he can produce with a stripped down team and being the main guy. I'm going to pause here again. Uh, so Buffalo threw a touchdown to a tight end, but it was not Dawson Knox. Sorry, Barry. And then they threw the Philly special out there, which Dawson Knox threw for the two point conversion. I don't think he gets the points for that. You don't get two points. You don't get points for a, uh, I I don't think you get it for throwing it. I think you get it for receiving it. And he threw the ball to Allen. Yeah. I think that probably makes sense. Yeah. All right. I just won't be happy about that because Allen will get the two points for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he gets the four points for the possession uh, offense. Yeah, so it's a nice little six-point burst there. Um, live update. You Whoa. Okay, you've actually got pretty close here. So 144.7 to 129.5. Oh, sh- what has happened? Uh, let's look there. So Derrick Henry's at 24. Tyler Bass, I know, hit a hit – a, uh, 50-yard uh, kick there, so that was five points of it. So it must just be Henry doing some Henry stuff, 24-and-a-half. But, yeah, you have a, what is that, 15-ish point he's, lead. Still yeah, safe. he's got one quarter left. Yeah. I mean, that's... One long run. Like, that's that's why I'm glad my, my team mostly did pretty well. I could sit on, like, a, I think, like a 55-point cushion or whatever, like... It should make me safe, but I'm sweating this out a little bit more than I'd like. <laughs> uh, and I'm ahead of Barry by eight right now, so I'm finally going to beat Barry for the first time, uh, which is great for me. Maybe. Don't, 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 that, don't jump the gun there. Hey, if you, if you get to jump the gun on Henry, I get to jump the gun on Diggs. And uh, Dawson Knox was just getting looked at by trainers on the sidelines, so I feel even more confident. Um, but, okay, so back to hockey. Is there anything else that you are excited about? Anything else you want to talk about besides Chikrin? Uh, Trevor Segers is the only other one really there that I would like to talk about. Uh, he was another draft crush of mine, but 2019, I was at that particular draft party at Little Caesars Arena, getting real excited to watch Detroit take him when he fell to six. And then Steve Eisman took some lanky German kid who was supposed to run the mid first round. Like, who the fuck is this cider guy? He's not really worth it. Uh, turns out cider has been worth it, who I also have in that team now, thanks mm-hmm. to Josh. Uh, but Seagers is just the guy that I think is going to be among all my my prospects or my AHL eligible players. I think he's going to be be the best. I, he's just so unbelievably skilled with the puck. Like he can just do things that other players like can't even dream about. Like it's it's just an incredible division he has. The intimate knowledge of where everybody else is on the ice to the point where he can be facing the exact opposite way and threading backhand passes through skates and sticks and hitting hitting his target on a nice firm pass for a one-timer. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot of that if and I get some shooting talent around him. Which, you know, being terrible, hopefully they will with some good draft picks coming up. Yeah, Mason McTavish, their first round pick last year is a bit more of a shooter. So uh, they also have uh, Sasha Pasajov, who is a bit of a shooter, who, uh, spoiler uh, walleye prospect as well. God damn it. But we'll see about that. And then, I mean, Xavier's just going off in this most recent World Juniors, being current MVP, mm-hmm. leading the U.S. to the gold medal. Suck it, Dylan. 
Uh, And I'd like to send out a special thank you to our dearly departed owner, uh, Jason, because without him taking Cam Corgan first overall, which, uh, yikes, uh, I may not have had a chance to get Trevor Zegers. And I'm very thankful I had the second overall pick in that prospect draft. And I'm thinking Zegers can be a very key part of the walleye lineup for the next uh, next many, many years. Yeah, I had to pick after you that one. I was very happy to get Spencer Knight, but maybe that wasn't such a good pick with Kaprizov and Bowen Byram and uh, Cole Caulfield shortly after that. Uh, well, I mean, as as we've seen, uh, goaltending is very valuable when you can get it. Yeah. That's why you have a bunch of idiots going out and spending like $13, $15 million, whatever it was, on uh, scrubs like Cal Peterson and Alina Solmark. <laughs> and guess know, who's got the, the memo? Yeah. Guess who's got, got the, the actual starter in Boston? Is, is valuable. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. And I've got two of the best young guys, Swain and Knight. So maybe that'll be my uh, ticket to something big here. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I will throw this out. Um, Grubauer and Krug for Markstrom and Gerard. No. Okay. All right. Cool. Worth it. Worth a shot. First ever on-air trade negotiation. Just that quick though. Uh. So back to anything else on hockey. Anything else on hockey? You want to talk about your crushing defeat in the finals? You want to uh, talk about week Not one really. and, and your disadvantage? <laughs> <laughs> in week one, that led led to in you week, being in week one. Okay, I, if I can get on my, uh, if I can be a little bitter here and get salty with, with the scores for week one. That's, Are you that's ever like anything but point. bitter and salty? I mean, sometimes I win and I'm not. But, <laughs> At least it's um, honest. We can go to the scoreboard here real quick. I would like to briefly touch on the margins of victory that Alex had in some of these categories. He won assists by one assist. We tied face-offs. He won hits by three hits. He won blocks by three blocks. He won defensive points by two points. He won special teams points by two points. That 11-0-1 win was just a lot of things balanced his way. And uh, we'll, we'll be back. I mean, the season's long enough. We'll face him again. So, Yeah, uh, I would like to point out for everyone that may be hearing this and hearing the clear sour grapes, there is something to it. Uh, the leaders for goals last week was Alex with 24, far and away. Uh, then in second place with 19 goals, six more goals than anybody else last week was the walleye. But they took that L. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, we had the uh, tied for second faceoffs. Yeah. Uh, second most shots. Second most hits. Second most blocks. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. We, we, we would have done... I don't, can't say we would have done pretty well against other teams because my goalies really shook the bed, but... You would have won seven cats. Or seven cats. Yeah, we, we would have we hung around pretty pretty strong with almost any other team. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yep, 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 yep. Bad luck on that one. Fargo's going to be tough to beat this year, and so are you, but you'll bounce back on it. I mean, uh, someone's got to face some certain teams that don't set lineups here soon anyway, so... Um, yeah, I mean, and if Jack Eichel can ever come back, if Buffalo ever just let him get his fucking surgery, he can move on. That'd yeah. be great. Have my first over, have my first overall, uh, my first round selection rather. Mm-hmm. Having him in the lineup for more than like twenty games last year might help. Yeah, that's what's scary is that you don't even have him, and you're still you know pretty damn good, second best in the league so far, and somehow oh eleven and one. 
Yeah, a nice, a, a cool, uh, I think, like 0. 0.043 win percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Uh, the next question comes from the owner in Colorado. Uh, how good does it feel to look so young knowing you're actually 45 years of age? Yeah, uh, Barry just kind of assumed I was in like my mid-40s. I was a little confused. <laughs> like, I, I thought I had been kind of, like, known to be, like, uh, one of the young guys with Big before he uh, struck it rich or died surrounded by hookers and blow yeah i don't really know one of the two either way it was rich um yeah and yeah just very confused me for a 45 year old really uh <laughs> really uh really saddened me a yeah. little bit like i'm not ready to be 20 years older than i have been i really am uh and then he also asked and this will be the last uh fan submitted questions they uh they Came strong. I was really, I really, really liked the one about the tiki torches, but this one. Honestly, we're really kind of, we're a lot weaker than I thought. (laughs) You were really afraid of them. I I, I could tell. Uh, I wasn't really afraid. I just had a better material. Yeah, that's true. It was what it was. I would have came up with something maybe a little bit more incisive and cutting, but the 4chan one was pretty good. Uh, And then here's this one. I think this one's a pretty easy answer. Uh, Who is your greatest enemy? Um, this kid who I played my junior year of tennis, who had no business beating me, but he, I just, I wasn't on my game that day. I came off the court and I had to see him just kind of jolt, uh, joyfully kind of like skipping slash strutting over to his game. And like, I just got done winning. Uh, and then we came back our senior year. I don't think we played that school again. I never had a chance for revenge. And I decided to look him up on Facebook, uh, I think, after I graduated high school. And his profile picture was him in a, uh, a button-down shirt that was unbuttoned with no undershirt, so exposing like a vertical line of his chest, uh, looking down wistfully at a guitar that he almost certainly didn't know how to play and from the stage background. <laughs> That's <laughs> so descriptive and perfect. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, um, I, I played some real fucking weirdos in tennis. Like well, even, tennis. even the people I was, I was on the teammate with, I, I I always got the weird guys. Yeah, it's tennis. You played tennis in high school in Michigan. Yeah. All four years. Yeah, we that's... won our uh, we won our conference in my sophomore year. I guess that's as, just as uh, kind of random as being state champion in choir, but yeah, I, uh, I get that. Well, I mean, hey, um, I'm currently at age 25, I'm like five foot eight, one forty five. Like, you know, <laughs> did you really expect me to play play basketball? No. Yes. Did you expect me to play football? No. Yeah. Soccer. No, dude, I tried. I tried for basketball. I tried basketball three straight years and didn't make the team any time. So yeah. I, I was at that point, I'm like, you know, maybe it's just not worth it. Yeah, tennis is good. That'll work. Put you out there. Uh, I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on now. <laughs> uh, talk about uh, Cade, Steph, Clay, Draymond, your Warriors All-Stars uh, with rookies mixed in. Are we forgetting someone? I said Clay. Uh, Denny Obdian. Oh, well, come on. I thought you wouldn't <laughs> want that one publicized. No, I don't care. I, I'll, I'll stand on that. I believe he'll be good. Okay. I think he's going to be a very, very productive player, and I think that the Washington Wizards and Scott Brooks's dumbass didn't know how to use it properly. And I think we'll see a lot of a lot a, a bigger step forward with a coach who hopefully utilizes Abdi's 
all movement is his passing, his ability to to make plays and, and not just have to be a stand in the corner to spot up shooter. Well, they did completely rehaul their roster this year, so maybe you'll have some good luck there. I mean, maybe, but they also brought in like, all the the Lakers rejects and a lot of guys who play the two, three, and four. So we'll That's see true. what uh, what Alpia gets for minutes, but yeah. But everyone else plays back. How do, I haven't seen a single second of him in preseason. Has he actually played? Uh, no, they're not expecting him back till like late December, early January. Oh, geez, wow. Just, 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 yeah, just to make sure everything's all, all good and we can work back into to game shape. Fair enough. But, uh, so it's the Clay and Dre show for a couple months here. Steph and Dre, yeah. Or, yeah, my bad. You got it. <laughs> but, hey, Steph, Steph, I mean, if you, if you look at the, uh, like the raw numbers, I think you can made a, made a case that Steph is the best player in the league last year based on his production. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying it would be the correct case, but I'm saying like a pretty good argument for it. So that yeah. was real fun to watch when he just kind of went just absolutely nuclear in the second half with his, his three point shooting. But Clay untethered. Yeah, yeah. And Clay is the one that I'm excited. For. Like, I keep saying he, Clay. I keep meaning Steph. That's my bad. I mean, you're all good. Yeah. I mean, either way, you're talking about someone who's just a ridiculously good shooter. <laughs> yeah, either way, I'm sucking up to you, yeah. Yeah, uh. yeah and, and I mean, and oddly enough, like, of all the guys, I, I think everybody knows it now, but of those two, like, Clay's my guy. Uh-huh. And the story behind that would be uh, playing, geez, I think this would be, like, 2K13, maybe? Maybe in the first one, mm-hmm. where, uh, I mean, the Pistons were bad. Yep. Like, I had kind of stopped following basketball shortly after they lost in the OE playoffs. I mean, they had traded Phillips for Iverson that season. It didn't work out as Iverson ended up on the bench. I think he was, like, bought out with the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old guard kind of starts to move on. They sign Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva. They get Josh Smith. And, like, this, this thing going nowhere. Like, I've got other things to focus on in sports. And, like, you're not going to pick the Pistons. I mean, okay, if you're playing 2K, are you going to pick a lineup that's, uh, like, Brandon Jennings, uh, whoever the shooting guard was, since before KCP? Uh, and then the, the, the three-headed beast that was Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andrew Drummond? No. no. That's, like, the worst 2K team ever. Yeah. So I've always liked the three ball. I'm like, okay, well, I know Steph Curry's a real good shooter. We'll just pick the Warriors and try and just force it with Steph. And I just, it couldn't click with him for whatever reason. And this, uh, this random, I think, second-year guy now, like mid-70s overall, had a, had a little three logo last name, like this Thompson guy I didn't know. And I uh, had real good real good uh, chemistry with his, his shot motion. And he just kind of became my, my go-to uh, player in, in 2K. And that kind of turned me into a bit of a Warriors fan while the Pistons were sucking. And then the Warriors all of a sudden got real good. And they won a title. And then they went out and they got Kevin Durant and they won two more. And uh, now I'm kind of a little bit like a Warriors fan for the time being. Well, the Pistons, well, I'm still a real big Pistons fan, obviously. Well, they're kind of on the up and up. And as long as uh, Steph, Clay, and Dre are playing Chase Center, I'll be uh, cheering them on and, and hoping that they can you know, maybe win a, another ring here before all of a sudden. Yeah, they probably will. I mean, they're good. They can. They have. I believe they have room to like that. Wiggins contract is really tradable. Um, yeah, the issue with that is like Wiggins works yeah. so well with the. He works so well with the Warriors compared to other teams. You could have stopped like, there with I'm the issue done. with that is Wiggins. 
Well, okay, but like before, I, I promise this isn't me trying to say he's a great player. Like he's he's not a great player, but yeah. his value to the Warriors is greater than that of any team that would trade for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it, it, like other teams would see him as a negative asset, whereas Wiggins for for his salary slot, he does he does a lot of the little things real well. As he's matured as a player that that fit with the, with the Warriors system, but yeah, other teams seem as a net negative, and that's just probably not going to facilitate a great return for the Warriors. Fair, 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 fair. Um, so you haven't said anything about Cade, so I'm expecting that you've put together the entire Detroit young guy lineup. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, that was fun. Like I, I was pretty when I got the third overall pick, I was like, you know, okay, cool, I'll get Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. That'll be great. Uh, and then uh, the Pistons won the lottery, which surprised me because uh, you can't have shit in Detroit. Mm-mm. And uh, turns out that something good actually happened to a Detroit sports team for the first time in, oh, uh, well, the Wings won the cup in 08. So first time in like 13 years. <laughs> and like, well, uh, well, shit, I guess I have to go out and, and make the trade with Tom to, to get paid. Like, it's not very awesome. Your team gets the first overall pick and you're in a good spot to have the essence to make a trade for him. Right, well, let's uh, let's do it. Let's bring in in Cade. He's a real good lead guard. He can provide a little bit of everything. He's not going to be just scoring in uh, assists. He'll get some rebounds. He's an okay defender. He's not going to be a net negative there. He's got good percentages. He'll he's a pretty good shooter. Like so I think he'll be a very useful nine category player. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, I mean, I can't help but at least mention Luca Garza. Like, <laughs> I'm a Michigan basketball fan, so I, I see a decent amount of Big Ten basketball. It's it's maybe not as exciting as uh, OACC basketball. You don't have the same level of athletes and, and talent there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of slow plotting, a lot of screens, a lot of uh, big men in the post. And Gary's not always been like a real a real good uh, college player, and that's why he got his number retired by Iowa. But he wasn't really supposed to be a great NBA player, but. He comes in, we draft him, like, okay, cool, I, I, can, I can rock with this. I like him. He's a very likable guy. Yeah. And then he starts doing some things in summer league. He hits, like, a step-back Dirk-ass three-pointer, and he's going down, hyping himself up on the court. Like, he's so energetic. He's giving 100% effort every time. Like, how can you not like this guy? He's a big, gangly seven-footer. He's got thick-ass eyebrows, and <laughs> he talks shit. Like, it's it's real fun. So, if 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 he even just becomes a, like a, a, a bottom of the rotation guy, sees like twenty minutes a game, and comes in, puts up twelve points and eight rebounds, and does get completely cooked on defense, I'll be happy. Uh, I got distracted for just a second. Dawson Knox questionable to return. Ooh, Alan almost just threw a pick. Bad. Uh, Dawson Knox questionable return with a hand injury on the throw for the Philly special. They shot put it. But they showed beforehand that Allen was trying to call off the play call for some reason. Like he's like screaming no, no, and waving his hands at the side. But they still did it anyway and knocks like shovel past it. Apparently he hurt his hand on the play before and is now uh, questionable to return out of the game on the final drive right now. So uh, I think my result is in hand as a 10-point victory. I think you have high score this week. I don't think anyone's touching it at this point. And congratulations yeah, yeah, on that. That'd be something. Uh, ha- having the literal first overall pick in our startup on my bench because after not missing a single game due to injury throughout his entire collegiate career, in the first three years of his NFL career, he decides to become a broken man on me. And uh, <laughs> I'm still going to be the top scorer this week. Yeah, Can't there you go. It. 
and you're going to beat a four and one team in the process. Yep, and maybe ESPN will actually show me some respect in the updated uh, playoff projections. Yeah. I doubt it, but maybe. Let's see. Do they have those up now? Is there any change in that yet? Those are those are fluctuate on a daily basis. I don't I don't know if they're live or not. Mine's went up, but I think that might have been with the acceptance of a trade. You're at twenty nine. I don't know where you were before that. Like twenty. Somewhere around there. I think there was a point earlier this week where I was below Josh, which was no offense, Josh. I like you. I think you have a good team, but like when you're zero and five, like I don't see how you can have a better chance of the playoffs than a team that has three wins. But whatever. Yeah. Yes, strength of schedule, my ass. That's that's three wins. <laughs> it's, it's true, three wins. Um, so yeah, wrapping up. Anything else on basketball? Nothing else. All good. Moving on from that. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on that. Where my where my Warriors fan came from. The fact that I'm excited about the young Pistons score. Mm-hmm. Like. I think pretty much got it all. All right. So let's go over scoreboard for football this week just because that's what people generally care about. So looks like I'm going to wrap up the Kings this week by about 10 points, depending on Knox's return or not. Uh, Paulo scores 124 and doubles up uh, or almost doubles up the labia. Uh, the Apes are going to take a victory 133 to 100 over Team Nut. And... Uh, Chris still has someone going, so that could get a little higher. They haven't projected for 135. It's a Zach Moss, so I don't know. Yeah, no, never mind then. Yeah, uh, so you're at 130. No, that's Josh. Never mind. 134.46 to 83 for Josh over Tom. Uh, Man, you know, I really thought Tom had a shot. I really thought Saquon was going to have a good game for him this this week. Yeah, I know. And and, uh, Gronkowski, too. It was just they were going to be huge. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, they, they were, like, really invisible. It's really underperformed. Um, then you're going to wrap up, it looks like. Well, Henry's about to get the ball back, so maybe we won't count our chickens too hard on that one. But you got a 13.7-point lead at this point. Um, the Regulators, 120 to 107 over the inaugural champ. Uh, so Nate moves on to five and one, and then Keith stays undefeated, one thirty nine to seventy one over Alex. And that is this week. So we'll move on to next week. Uh, news flash for everybody here: if you have not seen it yet, my team. This is my worst bye week. Uh, I have Eckler, Diggs, Williams, uh. Wilson would have been no. I think it's next week. Wilson would have been on a bye, but this is a terrible bye week for me. Keith or um, Ping might legit get his first win this week. I mean that seems a bit extreme, but we'll see. It's not though. Um, Eckler out, Diggs out, Pollard out, Big Ben out. Uh, Michael Thomas is still weeks away. Jarvis Landry's probably not going to be rushed back to play on a Thursday. yeah, here's the bye week in total. Pollard, Eckler, Diggs, Parham, Guyton, Wilson, Roethlisberger. Uh, that is my entire team. <laughs> and he's still got Danny Jones, Latavius Murray, Malcolm Brown, Demarcus Robinson, Jacoby Myers, Ferkser, Bourne, Ross, Gordon, and Zerline. Uh, he's going to have more players than I will this week, and I'm basically just going to be like, Jamison Kyler, figure it out for me. Yep. This is also not a great week for me. I'm, I'm down... Uh, Dalvin, Thielen, uh, Jared Cook, and Tyler Conklin. So I'm rolling out a lineup of Stafford, Taylor, Matt Ryan, and oh my God, please do something. 
uh, from Naheem Hines, Marquez Callaway, Bobby Trees, Evan Ingram, uh, T.Y. Hilton, if he even plays, because mm-hmm. he left early with a hamps with a quad injury. Uh, the aforementioned Brandon Bolden and uh, Chase McLaughlin. Yeah. It's uh, a projected 109.8. So you are <laughs> facing uh, Keith Twos, who's looking to stay undefeated. Uh, and he's going to be yeah, without he's... Claypool, Najee Harris, Dan Arnold, and Josh Kelly. So he's yeah, he's like, got everybody. I mean, Naj- Najee's a big loss. I'll give him that, but like overall, like he doesn't have like Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook both sitting this week. Yep, and and he's got so a, a big part of my team. Daryl Williams, who just Gibson, came off of a two Gibson two scoring might game, not play. That's true. Yeah, he'll still be able to roll he, out he, Swift and Daryl Williams at least at at uh, running back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, Paulo plays Chris. Uh, Tom plays Nut. That should be a good one. Uh, Actually, hold on real quick, not to interrupt you. Uh, if you look at Keith's team right now, with Harris, Claypool, Arnold still in his lineup, he's projected for one fewer point than I am with all my bye weeks on my lineup. Wow. There's yeah. three guys, that's about an even matchup. 109 to 108, yeah. Jeez, good luck. <laughs> he, Wait, hold on. I'm, okay, hold on. Sorry, I'm not here. You're good. Um, I'm seeing on his bench uh, Paris Campbell. So. Literally, the team one night in Paris does not have Paris Campbell. Okay, yeah. fun, fun how that works, huh? But yeah, he's going to replace yeah. Dan Arnold with Kyle Pitts. He's going to replace Najee Harris with Daryl Williams. He's going to re- have to replace Antonio Gibson with probably Jamal Williams, uh, and then he's got Quez Watkins, who's been pretty damn good too for his flex. So uh, yeah, he'll be okay, um, and you probably won't, unfortunately. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hoping out for Brandon Bolden to. To have a have his Jonas Gray moment. Yeah, Philip Lindsay, don't fail me now. The good Jonas Gray moment, not the one where he missed the team meeting and got cut after putting up like a hundred points or whatever on the Colts. Uh, that was two days later, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was savage. Uh, Levitard really likes to bring that one up when it comes to like the cutthroat nature of the NFL. You can you can run for thirty five times for over two hundred yards and four touchdowns and get cut two days later. Okay, uh, when he was in high school, he played my high school. Obviously, Jonas Gray is a, bu- a bun- bit older than me. Yep. But uh, a bunch of uh, guys from the rural town in Michigan uh, held him in check in his vaunted uh, Catholic private school team only scored seven points as they lost the state title. Wow. That's impressive. So that was fun. Yeah. All right, so getting back to next week, Tom plays Nut. Plays That'll be a. I, like no offense to you too, but that's a shit game. That's a real shit game. <laughs> so mean. Uh, and then uh, will either team break a hundred? Let's look. Uh, that's a legit question. Will either team break a hundred? Um. So Tom has Josh Allen and Blake Jarwin on by, so probably not. Oh, yeah. Nope. Uh, and then Nut has Chris Boswell and Eric Ebron on by, but he's got Burrow, Sanders, Connor, Boyd, Anderson, Higby. Uh, Miles yeah, Sanders. Sanders will be good for the for the two carries he gets. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he's got the better chance of it. They're projected for one hundred six to sixty six at the moment. We'll see how much that stands because uh, uh, the Niners are all out of Tom's lineup right now, so he should get a little boost from that. He's going to replace Josh Allen with Garoppolo and and uh, Brandon Ayuk in for Blake Jar or for I don't know. He'll probably keep all of his wide receivers in now, but. Yeah, a little bit tougher there uh, for him. But yeah, that should be a fun one. Uh, Then we have 
versus Barry. That's going to be an interesting one. Looks like the line on that right now has, uh, well, Barry's got Elliott, Lamb, Knox, and Deontay Johnson out of his lineup. So that's going to be a tough one to cover. Uh, meanwhile, yes, only loses Cousins, Bass, Jones, and Chark. So not that's going to be a tough one. Uh, then the regulators play the whale. Uh, doesn't look like many bye week. Well, the regulators have Herbert on bye, which is going to be sucky. Um, and with Mayfield possibly being out this week, he might not have a quarterback. Uh, oh, that's something to watch out for. Derrick Henry just scored a touchdown. Uh, uh, then Keefe versus you. And then the Frostbite play uh, Dylan. And so that one looks like it's going to be close. Uh, the Frostbite have a lot of uh, bye week players, and Dylan. Oh, sweet baby Jesus! It's 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 a five point lead now. Oh with, no! Uh, with three minutes left. Oh no! Henry Henry's got thirty four point six. Oh no! At least I have at least I have Henry in my work league, and I'm just absolutely comfortably going to six and all right now because nobody knows shit. At my work <laughs> Oh no! And yeah, they're up by three now. So they're if uh, the Bills go down and play for a field goal, then uh, Henry's almost assured to get the ball back at least one more time. Yeah, I guess with the statements call, we have to have a live reaction to how this sounds. <laughs> it's eight o'clock. I got a child, homie. <laughs> There's three minutes left in the game. I think it'll be fine. Three minutes. You know those take a half hour in real time. Um, yeah, you you have you have a second parent. Yeah, that's true. She's not super happy with me, as you heard from the beginning of the call. But uh, beside the point. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's check in now just to make sure we're still ahead by 10. This is good. And we're getting the ball back, which is also good. But, yeah, the uh, Walleye, the highest scoring team in the league so far, are only ahead by 5.1 points. Yikes! Hopefully, uh, for you, Alan just throws a deep pass to Diggs for 70 yards and this game's over. Yeah. 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 Well, um, that was fun. You got anything else? Uh, what What are your moments in this league that uh, make you the happiest? What are, what are the things that are most exciting to you that you remember happening? So, like, the burn stuff, obviously, is, is the, the highlight, I think, for everyone in the entire league. But besides that... I would say everything I've ever said or done. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, there's, there's been, I, I just really enjoyed this league in general, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it seems like every day there's always something really fun that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I really do get a lot of, a lot of enjoyment out of other people's misfortunes, <laughs> which I shouldn't really come as a surprise, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Corbin Burns thing. I mean, that's it's probably. I mean, the fact that Corbin Burns was actually like good this year. Like, I didn't expect him to be like presumptive NL Cy Young good. I was. I would be happy if he had been like top fifteen starting pitching in the league, maybe top twenty. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, he ended up, I think being SP two. <laughs> you didn't expect him to be nineteen ninety nine Pedro Martinez. Yeah. That was that was real good. The fact that I actually I gave I gave, 
was insane enough to give him 125 million dollars, and uh, he actually was real good. Is uh, it's cool that I get to have a bit of a victory lap about that every fifth or sixth day. Yeah, yeah. And had me pulling out my star players against him just so that you couldn't say, "Ha ha, Tatis struck out against him." Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm still a little salty. He didn't get his no hitter. Like he, he had eight innings, and he was going oh, against a couple. Oh, he got it. He got his no hitter. So did I. I threw one, I threw yeah. one no hitter this year. Uh, you, you threw one ninth of a no hitter. Oh, leave me alone. Uh, Bills just ran back a kickoff for a touchdown, but are going to get a call back on a holding penalty. Okay, just kill kill clock. Yep, pretty much. A bit. Uh, oh, shit, they're down. Oh, right, my bad. They're down. Damn. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was I thought it was thirty four thirty one the other way. No, no, they're down. They need to score. Um, so yeah, speaking of next week and future weeks, as you know, there are some, uh, big changes coming up in my life, uh, things that, uh, may be distracting of my attention. So I'm going to ask you this question now here in public in front of everybody and, uh, heel turn bitches. Do you want to be the new co-host of this podcast? Uh, I think we can make that work. I'm, I'm sure everybody would love to have a solid Oh, 30 or 45 minutes or so a week of, of me just talking about how great yeah. uh, like a couple a couple of my guys are, despite the fact that my team's in general underperform. This is what I want to do going forward. You're going to be the new co-host of this. I don't like doing solo pods, as you could tell by my one travel one. It I need someone to carry me, and I, I lose it when I don't have it. And uh, you and I seem to have the best chemistry in this league uh, in terms of conversation and being able to, you know, start something and then actually finish it as well so yeah i want to invite you uh to be the new co-host of the dsac podcast starting with our first episode next week with a fresh interview um that will be coming soon uh sounds good and just to clarify we are turning this into a tpd pod correct we could talk about it. We could talk about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, that might be too much of a heel turn for all these people that are screaming at their phones at this current moment. But uh, yeah, we could talk about it for sure. You know what? Full heel turn. Fuck it. Yeah. This is now a TPD podcast. Sounds good. I mean, it is, after all, you know, the only podcast without a fascist dictator running it. Or the only, <laughs> sorry, only league, rather. <laughs> <laughs> very true very true well all right co-host i'm gonna let you go on that one um we'll end the podcast here uh i no longer have a closing statement so i guess you know i'll i'll let you fin- I, I, i'll let you finish this one out how about that you you get to close this podcast this time around so um we're great on time uh go ahead and say whatever it is that you would like to say Talk your shit. I'm done talking for this one, so you close it out, co-host. Uh, for someone who likes to talk a lot and enjoys the sound of his own voice, I'll keep this real uh, real quick here. Uh, Corbin Burns for NL Cy Young, Price Harper for NL MVP. Suck it. I have them both. Nobody else does. Bye.